I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, hello there, Unhappy Hour listeners. So last week, I started the show by announcing that I had a few shows happening in Denver this week. And now, you guessed it, I'm postponing them until August because of the Rona. Thanks a lot, disease. This is just to be extra cautious because public health officials are discouraging people from attending larger events, especially while they're getting a grasp on everything. So not just for my own health, but for the health and safety of all my lovely fans, I decided, you know what? Let's be safe and responsible for a change and hold off on partying together for right now. But don't worry, the shows are already rescheduled for August. If you bought tickets, check in with the comedy club to find out what to do so you don't lose your monies. In the meantime, cozy up inside with some alcohols and carbohydrates and wash your nasty hands and stop touching your grimy face. Okay, now on with our regularly scheduled program. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellasai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. Isn't it so cool how, like, everything's totally normal and fine? We're all fine. Everything's great. It's honestly fine. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're fine. Everything is fine. And because everything is fine and there's no real bad news in the world, we're going to kick things off, as always, with Worst Things First, where I shout about the worst news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into being quarantined, sequestered, or, you know, just by yourself. Because guess what? I'm basically an expert at being by yourself. (laughs) And now that a lot of people are spending a lot of time at home, working from home, I figured I'll share my expertise. And finally, we've got an absolute light of a person back in the stew, the comedian Fortune Feimster. We had her on a couple years ago, and once we saw her new Netflix special, Sweet and Salty, we knew we had to get her back. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's stay away from large public gatherings and start the show. All right, worst things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week first. A very popular story sent to us by almost everybody who listens to this show. (laughs) Uh, A police department in Florida, only in Florida, (laughs) wants you to know that if you recently purchased any illegal street drugs, you can have it tested for free 
for the coronavirus. Uh, boo. <laughs> boo. Please I suck. I realized when I <laughs> when I was compiling these stories for today's episode, I was like, this has gotta be a hoax. <laughs> <laughs> well, in my like liberal, liberal mind, I was like, wow, how progressive of them. <laughs> and I was like, wait, nope, it's a joke and they're really mean. <laughs> right. The joke, the joke, if you didn't get it initially like me, because I'm an idiot, is that you take your drugs and to the police department and then they arrest you. Isn't That's that called so funny? Entrapment. You know how I learned that? From an HBO series called McMillions. It was very informational. It was. Now I know the difference between entrapment and what they did what on was McMillions. The other thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, the Atlantic Beach Police Department uh, posted this PSA to their Facebook page, and it said that if you recently bought cocaine, meth, heroin, or any other street drugs in their area, it may be contaminated with coronavirus. Which also, like, not true, not how it works. <laughs> so you're just spreading misinformation. Very yeah. cool. Why don't you shut your goddamn mouth, the police? Anyway, next! A former U.S. Postal Service worker in West Virginia has been sentenced to six months in prison for using their route to sell marijuana. Ooh. Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. <laughs> The U.S. attorney said that the 55-year-old man pleaded guilty to selling marijuana while working as a letter carrier in Huntington between 2015 and 2018. Three years. What a business. The U.S. attorney's office said the man distributed around 175 pounds of weed in that time frame. And that he was caught after agents saw him delivering a roughly 16-pound package of weed. I Those numbers... Don't seem to make sense. That's a lot of weed. Because <laughs> they were like, okay, over this entire time, he was accused of selling 175 pounds. But then in this one day, he was like, guess what? 16 pounds. <laughs> we're, we're pushing 16 pounds today. I just feels like if you're going to do it, let's be expeditious about this. That just makes business sense. Mm-hmm. He's already out there on the streets doing the routes. Hello? It just makes business sense to also be a drug dealer. Why not? Synergy. Answer me that, okay? It's time we legalize marijuana, get black people out of jail. Integration. And you know what? This man, hero, entrepreneur. I only know the words synergy and and vertical integration because of 30 Rock. (laughs) (laughs) They never really explain what synergy means. No, but I think it really worked in that context. But vertical integration they did. Next, a woman in New Mexico is facing charges after police say she stole a car and under questioning, her re- her reasoning, her explanation was that she was Beyonce Knowles. <laughs> she hero, she hero, she hero. Who run the world? This girl. <laughs> the woman was arrested in Las Cruces. New Mexico? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think any of that was pronounced correctly. (laughs) Uh, She was arrested after an officer spotted a vehicle that resembled one that had been reported stolen. Um, The woman, who's 48 years old, ignored the officer's orders to pull over. (laughs) I just aspire to the confidence... Just of claiming to be Beyonce without having committed a crime. Incredible. Yeah. I also love that it's not like... Can I have a lawyer? It's like, I am Beyonce. That That is law. (laughs) 
You legally can't arrest me now. There was some there was some photo that I saw of a man, uh, I don't know if it's real, but being pulled over by a police officer and he has a face mask and he just has a sign that says, I have coronavirus. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Which is a great way to get out of police pulling you over. Yeah. Just saying. Again, this has been How to Do Crimes with Matt. Uh, the police said that the woman claimed she found keys in the vehicle and decided she would take it for a joyride. She told police that she didn't stop driving when she saw the emergency lights because she didn't feel like it. <laughs> would Beyonce stop for a siren? No. Cop cars pull over for Beyonce. If Beyonce says, I'm coming through, you better fucking pull over. I don't care if you're an ambulance or a fire truck. You know what you do? You go to the left to the left. I will will shut down this podcast so fast. Uh, The woman was charged with unlawful taking of a vehicle, concealing identity, and resisting or obstructing an arrest. And finally, a suspect is on the loose in South Florida. Only in Florida. It's not considered dangerous, but police have been trying to corral it for weeks. For weeks, the suspect, a fucking cow. Yes. She hero. She She hero. hero. (laughs) Love a cow on the loose. Uh, Yeah. For weeks, this cow has been eluding capture. At that point, like, just let her live her life. Yeah, she she's free now. Guess what? She eluded capture. That's how it works. Okay. Once once that cow is loose for longer than like 48 hours. She's God's now. She's yeah. the world's. It's like a missing person case. They give up after 48 hours because they assume you're dead. <laughs> True, though. It's called it's called a cold case. Uh, That's not what a cold case is. Isn't it after like 48 hours? They just it goes cold. But a cold case is a, a case that has not been solved in like years. Yeah, well, how when does it become cold? I don't know, but also it's not just about missing persons. (laughs) Um, Anyway, the Pembroke Pines Police Department said that the animal, anyway, the Pembroke Pines Police Department said the cow had been spotted near the highway in southern Broward County and somehow it has (laughs) eluded capture since January. The police department tweeted, wanted, unknown cow. (laughs) Okay, someone knows it. Oh, you don't have to call it a loser. <laughs> the cow has friends. Okay, don't don't shame this cow for being a loner. Description: female cow. Yeah, no shit. All cows are girls, like Jurassic Park. They all got the udders. Brown with a white head, faster than it looks. <laughs> how, how fast does a cow look? I guess I just would assume that most cows are slow, (laughs) but faster than it looks. What's the top speed on this girl? (laughs) She's reaching speeds you wouldn't even imagine. You can't even fathom how fast she is. I'm just imagining the javelina from a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. I love that javelina. Um, Continuing on this description, talented fence jumper. What? Yeah, she's leaping. She's running. She's I mean, leaping. What, don't they leap to the moon? Enjoys pools. 
She's just swimming in people's backyards in Florida. I like how they they know enough about her. They've gathered they've gathered enough intel on her that they've been able to discern that she enjoys swimming, but they haven't been able to capture her because she runs faster than you'd think. I guess so. The second they're like, "Oh, she's in my pool." By the time they show up, guess what? She's mo- she's moving on, sprinting on to she's the next moving one. Moving on. I love that she's just on a little staycation. She's just going around, pool hopping. She's just having her little spring break in Florida. Let her live. Honestly, make her mayor. (laughs) She should be. Police said that the cow is guilty of, quote, moving violations, uttering false checks, and fleeing and eluding police. (laughs) These are direct quotes. How will they handcuff her? They'll shoot her dead. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I'm honestly shocked that they haven't. Well, th- she runs so fast. Faster than a speeding bullet. <laughs> She's fucking Superman. I want her to live forever. I want to crochet her a little cape. She's going to keep running until, you know what? She shoots for the stars and jumps right over that moon. And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we're diving deep into that quarantine. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right, so more and more people are being asked to work from home or or socially distance or self-quarantine as the so-called coronavirus so-called spreads around so-called America. Super into this very intense conspiracy vibe. But as someone who's basically lived in self-quarantine for the past four years, I find myself in the unique position of actually being able to help. What? Can you believe it? So for today's deep dive, my answers to some FAQs on how to survive being sequestered. First, a valid concern. How the fuck are you supposed to just not eat all of your food supplies immediately? I don't know. Listen, anybody who's gotten a jumbo tub of popcorn at a movie theater and found themselves scraping their salty fingernails against the buttery bottom of the bucket three and a half previews in knows we cannot be trusted to pace ourselves with food supplies. It's true. I don't know. Absolutely. By the way, uh, I have zero answers. (laughs) 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 I'm just following up every question with a deep thought about how we as a society will get through this. I know that like one way is to have a super annoying little kid. For instance, when I was a small child, I was very anti-eating the popcorn before the movie started. And I was like, you can't touch it. And so like that's one way to do it is to like. Be near someone. Nope, you can't be near people. Never mind. We're all fucked. Yeah. So here's here's my response to that is mm-hmm. that if we translated that exact situation, mm-hmm. I would kill that child. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess you're really just going to have to stockpile for your particular brand of monstrous gluttony. <laughs> if you have a giant appetite and you know you can't survive a, a, a long sequestering, then you better, you better get a bigger stockpile, I guess. 
I have no expertise in slowing myself down from eating. Well, I think one way that you do it is you don't have groceries and you just order in all the time and then you don't have food around except when you order it. True, true. I'd say buy the biggest tubs of food that you possibly can. Costco that shit. Costco. Costco. I don't know why people are going crazy and buying toilet paper. It doesn't make sense. How violently are you shitting? How constantly are you shitting? Okay, why don't we why don't we lessen the number of squares that we take every time we need to wipe? I learned that the hard way. You know why? Because my toilet constantly clogged. <laughs> and it's because guess what? Apparently I was using quote quote unquote too much toilet paper. The building manager at our office did ask the women on my floor to start throwing the toilet paper away no! instead of flushing, and to which we said, Absolutely not, get a new toilet. Yeah. To which they said, fine. When I first moved to New York eight years ago, a practical lifetime ago, um, that was the fall that Hurricane Sandy happened, mm-hmm. and we we braced for it, and uh, we didn't lose power or anything, but I remember having to prepare for the possibility of losing electricity, and they said to fill the bathtub with water so that you can refill the toilet, and I... I just remember agonizing over the bathroom situation because I had a roommate and I was like, she's going to (laughs) know. She's going to know I poop. (laughs) Even though she did every morning know that I pooped. My point is that is what I think about every time any situation where where they're like, hey, just kind of like prepare uh, at home, like maybe get some extra supplies. And I'm like, great. What if I have to shit so hard that everything breaks and nobody can help? (laughs) That's what buckets are for. That's what buckets are for. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, next question. How many times is too many times to masturbate in a given day? You will be asking yourself this. Guess what? Day two of quarantine, you're going to be asking this question. As someone who has lived alone for the last four years working from home, I guarantee you'll be asking yourself this question. There's no HR in the house. (laughs) Yeah, not when you work for yourself. Guess what? I'm the president and the CEO and the head of HR. And I said, harassment is allowed. (laughs) Violate yourself. Because, yeah, as a man, I'll say it. It really depends on how dry the air in your home is and whether or not you're using the appropriate lubricant. Which in this state is hand sanitizer. Absolutely not. (laughs) Especially given what I'm about to say, which is that your number one enemy here, folks, is chafing. Oh, God. You you got a dry bedroom and you're free handling your Jimmy John with no jams or jellies? Guess what, my friend? You're about four or five rubbins from Open Wound Town. I want to stab you in the stomach. (laughs) Yeah. You rub yourself so raw that you have an open wound. Don't make eye contact with me during this. And then you put a hand sanitizer on that? You're going to get burned. Do you really want to chafe sore on the side of your disco stick? No. No. I do not. Get a humidifier. Get the family size KY lotion. And have at it. By the way, the answer was there's no, there's not too many times. If you got fire in the tank, go for it. Maybe a way to curb eating all your food right away is every time you want a snack, just go masturbate instead. Jizz on it. There we go. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next! 
how soon after waking up should you shower? That's a legitimate question from the working from home crowd. Here's my follow up. Why shower? Why shower at all? Is there even going to be a society to get, go back into that you you need to be clean for? No. Hygiene is so important right now, everyone. <laughs> Definitely shower. Wash your hands, but do you have to wash your asshole? Wash your asshole, <laughs> wash your legs, wash every centimeter of your body. Uh, yeah, no. I will say, as someone who has genuinely worked from home for the last four years, showering early in the day, incredibly helpful. Listen, the first week, you're going to let it all go to hell. Oh, yeah. You're going to be in pajamas yeah. all day. You will. You will hate the smell of yourself. I am always shocked. We were talking about this before the recording that there are people there are people who don't shower every day. Mhm. Which is okay. Mhm. But then there are people who don't at least shower every other day. Mhm. And I think if you have the means to, you should be fucking showering at least every 48 hours. At least every 40 and wash your goddamn legs. Okay? Top to bottom. Wash your little toesies. Do you, when you go through a car wash, do you just pull in the first half and then back out? No, you go all the way through. But yeah, what basically what are your personal hygiene obligations when you're locking yourself away? Gotta brush your teeth. Oh, that is always the first thing that I'm like, fuck no, it. No, <laughs> I can't. I can't stand the feeling of having bad breath. Next, what should I watch on the telly? That's gonna come up. And here's the thing: this is when you realize that unfortunately. There's literally nothing on Netflix. Okay? <laughs> Sorry. I know technically there's like a million options, but also in an even more real and not exaggerated sense, there's literally absolutely nothing. <laughs> okay? It's like going to the fucking Cheesecake Factory and opening the menu and being like, why the fuck are there 78 pages? I guess I'll starve. I guess I'll just eat this loaf of weirdly brown bread and I'll starve to death. Alex and I have tried to figure out what to watch twice in the past couple of months as far as like movies go. And we're like, let's really change it up. Let's watch something different. And then there are too many options. And then we ended up watching Face Off and Moonstruck. And now I think that like maybe I just need to only watch Nick Cage movies. And that's what I'll be doing in my quarantine days. Oh, my it's God. It's just watching every single Nicolas Cage movie. Is it bad? I, I I don't think it is unusual that there has been this, like, weird desire to watch Contagion and, like, read, uh like... Severance and <laughs> Station Eleven and all those. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of want to. I mean, I kind of don't. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. But I get it. Next! At what point do you just abandon pants altogether and live a life of absolute freedom? Here's a question. At what point did you put your fucking pants on? You failed. You fucked up. The second you're working from home and you put pants on, dead to me. I'm already going through my incredible robe wardrobe. I've got one for every single day of the week. Working from home, that that is my catwalk of robe couture. Okay. Just inventing <laughs> words. You know, co- couture. Couture? <laughs> couture means one of a kind. Yeah, each robe is one of a kind. <laughs> I have seven or eight. I don't even remember at this point. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm all about the robe life. But the problem is, how often do you wash a robe? Oh, yeah. I was thinking about that lately. 
I got one that's like a microfiber one, and I feel like those just soak yeah. it up. And I was <laughs> every, like, I probably got to wash this. Every one of those microfibers has seen every part of you <laughs> and soaked it right up. And finally, how many times is too many times for a little self-care face mask? Great question. All this time to perfect your skincare regimen. That is honestly one of the best parts about staying home is you can just face mask and you moisturize and you're not going out into the sun, so you get to protect yourself from that. Yeah. Will it matter? No, because the rest of the world may never see your face again. (laughs) But when the guys in hazmat suits come to collect your corpse, you'll make a great first impression. (laughs) Or better yet, Think of it as applying a delicious marinade to your skin for the bands of roving post-apocalyptic cannibals who will feast on your body after they hunt you down and kill you. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, our last question should be, are we going to be okay? And the answer is probably. (laughs) Do I have great confidence in the the, the leadership right now? Hell no. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) But yeah, uh, I just, you know, be smart, take care of yourself, don't expose yourself in any way that, like, is unnecessary. I also don't think people should be, like, straight up panicking. There's a difference between, like, straight up panicking and being, like, responsibly prepared and, and skeptical is maybe the wrong word. But, like, you know, just be cautious. Also, anxiety is a real bitch and is not good for you mentally or physically so this kind of stuff really hurts. <laughs> so take care of yourself. <laughs> yeah, with, genuinely. With that kind of stuff, too. Obviously, uh, I joke around, but take care of yourself. Be healthy. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. And yeah, wash your asshole, too, I guess. And that's it for this week's Deep Dive Next. We got an interview with Misfortune Feimster right after this commercial break. Do you have a bunch of stuff lying around the house that you just don't use? A kid's baseball glove that no longer fits? That pair of jeans you only wore once? An old phone hiding in a drawer somewhere? Well, there's an app you can use to sell this stuff. It's called Mercari. Mercari is the selling app that makes it fast and easy to sell almost anything. It couldn't be simpler. Just take a few pics of your stuff, add a description, and boom, your item is listed. Then, once it's sold, Mercari emails you a shipping label and you just stick it on and send it off. No meetups, no hassles. With millions of people using the Mercari app in all 50 states, stuff really sells. The app has over 500,000 reviews on the App Store with an average 4.8 star rating. So why not give it a try? Don't let that stuff you don't use go to waste. Sell it, ship it, and get paid with Mercari. You can find Mercari on the app stores or on Mercari.com. M-E-R-C-A-R-I Mercari, the selling app. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest celebrity stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. 
My guest complainer today, we already know because she's been on the show before, but now she's back. Comedian, fortune beamster. You know her as, of course, our past guest complainer, <laughs> as well as from shows like Tales of the City, Historical Roasts, and The L Word. And now she's got her own hour-long stand-up special on Netflix called Sweet and Salty. Welcome back. It's so good to be back. So we're still going to start with the question we ask everybody, which is one, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? I wonder if I said this last time. I do remember what you said. Oh, do you tell me? Strawberries. I do hate, I still <laughs> hate strawberries so much. Yeah, I looked at, I looked up at the date and it was almost exactly two years ago. That's so funny. It's our yeah. reunion. Uh, something that I realized that I hate that people seem to be really into these days, uh, and you would think I would be into it being from the South, uh, I'm not into barn weddings. <laughs> I'm really anti-barn weddings. They they are so in. They're very in, and, and I blame Pinterest because the pictures are always gorgeous. People are like, yeah. you know, it looks very rustic behind them. They're like leaning up against an old Chevy truck. And um, <laughs> the reality of the situation for your guest is that you're... At a barn. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're where <laughs> the animals live. Yes, it smells really bad. If it's a real barn, some people just put up fake barns. Uh, you're like in dress shoes, stepping on cow manure. Mm-hmm. It's like there's no running water. There's no plumbing. That means you're in a portageon. You yeah, know, you're literally eating a steak, staring at a cow. Yeah, who's just like really, bitch. <laughs> You're going to do this right now? <laughs> yeah, you can't do it right in front of them. No. That's rude. That's and, rude. Yeah, and then, like, inevitably, people run out of booze because mm-hmm. we're away from civilization. Yeah. And no one can, like, you know, Postmates <laughs> some booze. <laughs> so everyone's staring at each other at some point, just being like, well, run out of booze. <laughs> anyway, so I just, God bless people. I they love a barn wedding, but I yeah. just say pick somewhere with some electricity. At least if you're going to do a barn, pick somewhere that has a a bathroom built for that venue. Right. I don't have a whole lot of wedding experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, not personally also, but, but, but also just like, I feel like I've only really been to a handful of weddings. Mm-hmm. And I do think more and more weddings that I've been to are even like really nice weddings. Yeah. Don't let you like go to the bathroom inside. They don't know. <laughs> I'm like, what do you think I'm gonna do in there? And everyone's in a long dress, and you're in a portage on where you're like, <laughs> I'm not in a dress, obviously, but you're like, you know, you're trying to get your nice clothes to not yeah. fall in doo doo water. They I, was that <laughs> blue, one blue doo doo water? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the like chemically blue, like yeah. neon glowing water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was at one, and they were like, but they're nice porta potties, and I was like. <laughs> No, it, that doesn't matter. There's still we're standing on a tank that's full of all of our shit. That's tr- and it stinks. Yeah, you know everything's like, oh, it's farm to table, and you're just like, that means we're all sharing a plate of carrots. Right, right. That we're <laughs> just picked, and, outside. and there's not enough for everybody. <laughs> and you know, it's always like 105 degrees during the day, 
And then it changes tonight where it's a cool negative 10. Yeah, yeah. That was another one I was at recently that was outside. It was very nice. It was at like a baseball field mm-hmm. thing. And they they kind of, that was their thing together. Yeah. But at 8 o'clock, it became freezing. Yeah. <laughs> and there was one little bonfire that like 80 people crowded around. Yeah. It was it was a lot. It, I, I hear you. So you're in the process of planning a wedding, right? Or We think so. <laughs> we'll, just get It'll happen. we'll just go get married in a barn. And all people will be like, wait, what? Do you think about that ever of like you make a joke about something and you're like what oh. if I end up actually doing this thing and they're 100%. gonna <laughs> every day. That's why I try not to rant too much right right i'm always a never say never kind of gal <laughs> but we uh we've been engaged for two years i think i came on here right after i think, I think the first so, yeah. person i would like talked about our engagement i you, you before with. your parents you were like <laughs> <Yeah>. matt <laughs> matt i gotta give you all the deets just um, came from getting engaged we're just trying to do all the th- you know all the life stuff first yeah and i have a new uh stand-up tour starting and it's right. been like crazy I think what it is is you need one person in each couple that's the planner. Right. And we're both kind of looking at each other like, are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? (laughs) That is, I think, uh, it's almost like gives me like hope that I, because I don't think I'm the planner. And so it's like, okay, if I find someone who's also not a planner, yeah, we can make it work. When you're both not planners, nothing gets done. <laughs> we have to at least plan enough to hire a wedding planner. Right, right. Were you, when you were dating, was there uh, a, like a dynamic, but both being not the decider yeah. of like, how did you pick spots to go to? Oh, it was, it's so hard sometimes because <laughs> we're both like, what do you want? I don't know. What do you want? I don't know. What do you want? Yeah. It's a lot of that. That is my biggest struggle. It's yeah. like, I, I could have met the person of my dreams and mm-hmm. we'll just never know because <laughs> <laughs> neither of us could pick a place to go. Yeah. It's like in my career, I'm very, um, like I know exactly what I want. Yeah. I'm very cut and dry. But in life, I'm always like, yeah, whatever, whatever. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Were you so, always that clear about where you wanted to be in your career? I Once I discovered comedy, I was. Yeah. Before that, I just knew I wanted something bigger than what I had growing up, which, yeah. was, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. And I was from a town of like 8,000 people. I went to a tiny college. All wonderful, beautiful experiences, but I just was like, what? You know, I'm like, uh, Ariel and the Little Mermaid. (laughs) I want more. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so I, the the path was clear in that, like, work hard to achieve whatever that means. Right. And then once I found comedy, it gave me a very specific path. Like, oh, I love this thing, and how can I try to do this forever. Yeah. I don't know if we talked about this last time, but that kind of that first great comedy experience Mm -hmm. where that feeling kicks in. You're like, yes, this is it. Probably maybe the first time I ever did stand up. Yeah. It was at the end of a six weeks class. I took the nerd approach and took a (laughs) class. (laughs) And at the end of the I love that. (laughs) You know, it's like the only thing that got me to just try it. Yeah. And uh at the end of the six weeks was a comedy show mm-hmm. at the belly room of the comedy store. 
And, um, you know, it's a very safe space. <laughs> we like safe spaces. Uh, it was all your, all your friends, basically. Yeah. I, I actually only invited one friend because I thought, what if I stink? Yeah. Uh, that, you know, who wants to have to have a bunch of friends lie to me <laughs> at the end of the show? I don't right. want to force them to lie. That's the worst because it's like, you know, they're going to say you did well. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of parsing out whether they're telling the truth right. or not. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, I don't want to force their hands. <laughs> And um, so it was mo- a lot of everybody else's friends came, but I I think that my first rant it was a rant, and it was on how much I hated strawberries. <laughs> it was a long-standing long gripe. feud with strawberries, and um, yeah, it was. I, obviously, I had not started digging deep yet into material. <laughs> But I just remember the feeling of being at a microphone by myself mm-hmm. and having a whole room laugh. Yeah. That was a nice feeling. Right, right. Yeah. And then you you get addicted to it and yeah. <laughs> now you're a full-blown addict and you, can, <laughs> you can't stop. And laughs. <laughs> um, and I was doing at the time um, Groundlings, which is right right around there. I was doing sketch and improv all the time mm-hmm. and stand-up. So I I was... Uh, not dating anyone, <laughs> had no, no life beyond comedy. It was just like everything to me. Yeah, yeah. I also don't know if we, so last time you were here was right around when you, when you got engaged, but mm-hmm. I don't know if we talked about how you met. I don't remember if we did, but we can talk about it. Uh, <laughs> no, there was a bad way of introducing that question, which was, how did you meet? How did you meet? Yeah. We met. I in- also... I like this was the moment where you realized there's absolutely a sock in your pants there and is. I'm having that moment. <laughs> I would have literally never known. Yeah, it's like I, I clearly that, wore this pair of pants before and like, uh, there's I had that happen once with underwear. <laughs> I did, I had an audition once where uh this was many years ago. I felt something at the my ankle. I'm like, what is happening down there? And right. I looked down and a pair of my underwear from the night before <laughs> <laughs> was in my pant leg. Uh, it happens. <laughs> I did a, oh, a full stand-up set and uh, my fly was down the entire oh, really? time. And someone tweeted at me later and were like, we, I didn't want to say anything, but your fly was down. And I was like, I give you permission <laughs> yeah. to like shout out, Yell, your fly is your down. Your fly. <laughs> and you're like, thanks, your fly too. <laughs> <laughs> I have a pair of jeans with a tricky zipper, mm-hmm. so I could end up having that experience too. Yeah, yeah, you gotta be careful. And I give anyone permission <laughs> listening right now that comes to a show of mine to yell at me, <laughs> "Your fly." Uh, but anyway, anyway how, how you met your fiance? We met at Chicago Pride. She oh, okay. Was, she was living in Chicago, and um, I love Pride in Chicago. It's that's how- where I'm from. Is it? Yeah. I don't think I realized that. That's only that's one of two prides that I've been to. That's Chicago. I think and New one York. of the best ones. Yeah. Um, I was, I had become friends with the the ladies that do a uh, uh, backlot bash. It's a lesbian event in Chicago. Uh huh. They asked me to come like introduce some bands, and my best friend was living in Chicago, so I was like, I'll go hang out with him and go to this thing and. Whatever, I'm single, who cares? No one's waiting for me at home. <laughs> um, and I, like, met her 15 minutes into... I just walked up to the event, and I was watching the band just standing there, and she and her friend came up to me, and uh, we just all started chatting, and 
I was like, she's cute. Mm-hmm. But I thought they were together. And then uh, her friend had wanted a picture, and they came back like 15 minutes later saying that the picture didn't look good and I was like sure sure it doesn't <laughs> I got like this because I had no confidence with women and it gave me this like false sense of like oh she likes me right turns out the picture really did suck <laughs> <laughs> but we ended up like chatting that whole night and hung out that whole weekend mm-hmm. and as lesbians do <laughs> we've basically been together ever since <laughs> We were long distance for a year, and yeah. then she moved to L.A. Because so, she stayed in Chicago, that's mm-hmm. where she went. Yeah, yeah. That is uh, yeah. <laughs> a classic lesbian love story. You know, <laughs> yeah, if it weren't for the long distance, I'm right. sure we would have moved in six months earlier. <laughs> yeah, I'm like so jealous of that, uh, the, the, the lesbian experience in that way. We just get right to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I also do. It just turns out the other person doesn't. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> they're like, wait a second. We were dating. <laughs> you're like, they're like, you're giving me a key to your apartment. You're like, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think you know. I was I was watching your special. Um, I love it, oh, obviously. Thank you. But you talk about kind of not dating in college mm. at all, and you know, I had the same exact experience. Oh, where lucky it was just us. like <laughs> <laughs> Two losers. We're doing it. Yeah. But no, no it's like, and then it feels kind of like the longer you go on, the more, the less mm. confident you get, and it's just this, uh, this yeah. snowball of anxiety and s- low self-esteem. It's For, great. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it was just that person that didn't have a boyfriend ever. Ever, yeah. ever, ever. Right. And obviously I didn't have a girlfriend because I didn't know I was gay and was too afraid to really go down that path and even see what that was. Uh, so I just like threw everything into like school. I was the overachiever, you know, the same, president same. of the student body <laughs> and made straight A's and played on the tennis team, did theater. And so I just kept myself busy to sort of try to... I don't know, overcompensate for yeah. no one loving me. <laughs> no, I was exactly the same. I was like, of course I'm not. I don't have a girlfriend. I'm too busy. I'm so busy. <laughs> I'm just a big old nerd. My school needs me. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, everybody's like, don't, we, we don't even know your name. Yeah. yeah. And then once I figured it out, I was, I was in my mid twenties and, um, it was weird. Even when I came out, it, I I felt so much peace in that I knew who I was. But there's still this like, okay, now what? You right. know, because it's not like it just like all of a sudden people are throwing themselves at you. <laughs> Weirdly enough, <laughs> that didn't happen. So I was having to experience dating in my like late twenties mm-hmm. as you would when you're like sixteen. Right. Right. And it felt like how am I like twenty nine? And, you know, like, making all the mistakes you make when you're young. Oh, yeah, no. You are literally, (laughs) like, I could say every one of these words. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, like, have to check myself sometimes because I realize I'll say things and be like, this is what a 15-year-old would (laughs) say. (laughs) Yeah. Write in their journal. Yeah, and it was, like, it was interesting because, like, at one point I dated, like, a single mom. You're just kind of, like... 
I can, I'm ready for this. <laughs> you know, she's <laughs> laughing in my face. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. I just didn't know. You know, it just it takes a while to figure it out. And mm-hmm. even when I first started going on dates, I was so scared of women. Yeah, people just assume it's like this uh, glorious, you know, paradise. You're like. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's yeah. just feeding each other grapes, and yeah. there's a lot of bush everywhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, it's like, oh, I'm I gotta have awkward dates now. Not everyone's gonna be right for me, right? And yeah. I'm not gonna be right for everybody else. And I had plenty of dates where I like couldn't. I'm sure that we both were like, how fast can we get out of here and never see each other again? <laughs> yeah. I had dates where I like, spilled tea on somebody, you know? Yeah, yeah. But so you just have to figure it out. There are so many like small things. This is true not just of dating, but of just like being a human being like mm-hmm. at a restaurant. <laughs> just like Where you get there before the person and then mm-hmm. they get there. And if you have to stand up. I still have not mastered the getting up from a restaurant <laughs> table, table like, it turns out. Yeah. Fling, flings up. <laughs> Everybody's or, glasses yeah, fall over. If there's a table cloth. Maybe it's also true of like LA and New York, uh, New York especially, where restaurants are so small and mm-hmm. every table is jammed together where there's no way to get up and out of a seat <laughs> yeah. without like an entire row of people being affected. Yeah, you just take the entire table with you as you stand <laughs> yeah. up. Uh, there's, there's really no way to play that off no. smoothly. <laughs> It's only bad. But yeah, you made yeah. it. You you did it. I did it. It took me a long time. <laughs> yeah. I even even once I started getting into the groove of dating and actually like having longer things, I was still picking the wrong people. Mm-hmm. Even that took a long time just like I don't like figuring out what like not settling, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess is something everyone I guess. I know a lot of people <laughs> go through that, you know? Yeah. No, I, it's something I've been thinking a lot about, too. And it is a – there is, like, a, a self-esteem thing there, mm-hmm. which is a weird – it's a weird word to throw around. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's, like, what Barney teaches you when you're a child. Uh, but You should love yourself. <laughs> yeah. But it's, like, if you – you know, if you have a, a, a high enough self-esteem and you have self-confidence, mm-hmm. then you, you're, you're less likely to say, like, oh, I could compromise this part. Oh, and, yeah. and settle was, for this. I was compromising left and right. Yeah. The I'd, amount- I'd be like, oh, you didn't come home last night. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it was. Yeah. You. Yeah. Work went late. Yes. Right. Right. I, you know, just crazy, <laughs> crazy stuff where in hindsight, you're like, what was did you literally have zero self-esteem? <laughs> yeah. Mine. I had a recent moment where I was like, I. I maybe I'm cool with cocaine. <laughs> I don't know, you know, I don't want to put out too much judgment. There's but, definitely more. <laughs> but isn't that why else would we be here? <laughs> I was telling someone I was I do think the the gay community in New York I, I'll be out at like drag shows mm-hmm. and just kind of be surprised at how openly people are doing cocaine. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Is it coming? Is it making a I, comeback? Yeah, like I don't. I thought we'd left that behind I, many decades ago. I thought it. I thought so too. I've been hearing more about coke lately. Yeah. So maybe I don't. I've never done it. 
I'm <laughs> we're making America great again. <laughs> yes. I guess Coke has made is coming back. It's vintage now. Right, right. We have uh <laughs> I don't know. But I was talking with someone, yeah, and they at first they were like, Yeah, it's kind of surprising. And then like five minutes later I was like, Oh, <laughs> you were like doing cocaine like last <laughs> night. <laughs> The person you're with is like, yeah. Oh, interesting. And then I had to have a very like serious uh, conversation with myself about yeah. like what I'm willing to put up with. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I'm engaged now. <laughs> I do. So your your special was filmed in North Carolina mm-hmm. at this venue that like looks like a church. <laughs> yeah. How did you pick the venue? Uh, the venue was picked for me because I was already doing a show there as part of they're doing a new uh, comedy festival in Charlotte. It's uh-huh. like their second year. So I had this date on the books and it was at the theater. And once it became clear that Netflix, ugh, you know that place, <laughs> <laughs> Netflix was interested, we were like, oh, well, it'd be cool to do it in Charlotte, but... By the way, I already have this venue. Like, what if we did it there? Mm-hmm. So, and I hadn't even seen the venue, so I was really hoping it was okay. And thankfully, it was. And um, church-wise, on Sundays, it turns into a church. <laughs> a church. <laughs> I can't speak all of a sudden. I apologize. <clears throat> it turned. It yeah. They have church services there on Sunday. Okay. Okay. So this there was stained glass windows, and those were pre-existing. Pre-existing, <laughs> because it originally uh, was just a church and never a theater. Yeah. It was a Baptist church. Because so did you like was that venue picked for that aesthetic? Because you no. did have you had jokes about going to church. It was picked for that festival because there's like a like three theaters all within that block. Yeah, and it was just like oh this is un- like we can have this part of the festival. But the funny part for me was because I did talk about being Southern and gay, but also church being a big part of my youth. It just felt like how perfect is this? Yeah, that my freaking specials in a place that also doubles <laughs> as a church. It seemed crazy. Yeah. But perfect. It does feel very uh it feels like a very North Carolina venue to begin <laughs> yeah. with. Right. Yes. I, I wouldn't be surprised if if every comedy club became a <laughs> A church on Sundays? I just try to make light of it and be like, they try to trick you with churches down here. You think you're in a theater, but But. it's a church. (laughs) (laughs) Out comes a man in a robe. Yeah. Yeah. This was your first full hour special, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you obviously had been performing comedy and doing a full hour (laughs) before. Right. But how do you kind of choose what you want to include in a special? Well, I had done two half hours and that does seem like so easy now <laughs> with my Netflix half hour uh you don't you're not telling a narrative you're just really getting up there and be like here's a joke here's another joke yeah. and I got another joke for you but for me at least and and everyone does their hour differently it's you're show, really showcasing yourself in a way that no other platform really allows you to do so and so you're like what story do I want to tell this is such a weird thing to say, uh, but you kind of have that thought as a as a performer. You're like, what would my like legacy be when I die? Like, yeah. Or, or you know, if I ever got a Vanguard award. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> either one, either an award or death. Right. Uh, you think what are what is that thing they're gonna show? Like I, you know, someone like Ellen. You're like, oh, the, you know, call to God story. Yeah. You know, you think of these like really pivotal parts of someone's career, and I hadn't really had that. I was like, oh, they would have some clips from the Mindy Project or Chelsea <laughs> Lately. But to me, it felt like, oh, now I have a little legacy. Like, yeah. it's small, but it's mine. And it's, you know, that made me feel like I finally put my stamp out there, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It does. Or it sounds very narcissistic. <laughs> no. They're like, bitch, you ain't getting a Vanguard Award. <laughs> I will personally make sure you get a Vanguard Award. Uh yeah, let's move into We have a segment called Elaborate, okay. which is uh, some tweets of yours where you express your hatred of things okay. and we'll just have you elaborate All on right. them. Um, oh, God, I don't even know what I've tweeted about. <laughs> I'm so bad at Twitter. Uh, some of these are some some older ones, but... Uh, I need to just destroy my account <laughs> forever. <laughs> That's usually the reaction when I describe this segment. My worst nightmare would be a man proposing to me at Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs) I stand by that. I stand by that. Yeah, which honestly, that would be bad for a number of reasons. I love men. Uh, Okay, controversial statement (laughs) in these times. I love men in a a very platonic way. Uh Uh-huh. Obviously, one proposing to me would be uh, weird for both of us. Right. But listen, people really love Disneyland, so... That whatever. That's great. I love Disneyland too. Okay. But I am all, but the people that go all in on the like ma- matching Mickey Mouse ears that uh-huh. like just married <laughs> right. like the Mickey Mouse honeymoons. ears that have like the veil over yeah, it. Yeah. That's a bit much for me. I agree. I to me Disneyland is not like an identity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't but to some people it is. Yeah, some people that is the greatest place on earth. And yeah. why not get married or propose to there? For me, no thank you. Please don't do that. My favorite rumor, I I think it's pretty popular like urban legend about mm-hmm. Disneyland is that if anybody dies in the park, they they bring the body outside and and don't declare it dead until oh, it's it, yeah, out of the park. Oh, yeah. It didn't die there. Uh, right. Yeah. Has that has that Anyone died? I'm sure. That's, there's no way <laughs> we, that we'll nobody's never, died. We'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, the second we learn that knowledge, they take us out. Yeah. So we, there's no way for, for us to know. The kissing sounds on The Bachelor are loud and gross. They can't figure that out after 75 seasons. <laughs> it is so disgusting. Have you ever just listened while people were making out, I would love to be. Oh, just anybody? Or no, I guess no, <laughs> specifically the Bachelor. Uh, specifically the Bachelor. It's it's like lots of smacking and slurping. And, right. I'd, I'd love to believe that it's just like a foley guy <laughs> who, like after the fact, uh-huh. <laughs> just recreating just adding, the nose. Adding him in. <laughs> uh, yeah, it feels deeply invasive to have that sound. Yeah. I don't. I do feel like they mic mic that up more. I don't think I'd want my like make out noises to be on television because it's like <laughs> that's gross. Yeah, you guys just like all winced right. when you heard that. Exactly. I'm I'm wincing right now. <laughs> well, my favorite thing about The Bachelor is that so many, you know, people that don't like quote unquote dirty material. Yeah, they love The Bachelor. <laughs> I'm like, 
dude's dude's dating twenty girls. Right, hundred percent. He's boinking. <laughs> Four of them, maybe? Yeah. They're yeah. supposed to only... When they're all, like, the hottest people that ever They're supposed exist. to boink three, but there's always one that slips in. Yeah. And you're just like... And everyone's like, yeah. He's... Yeah. He... Of course he uh, had sex with four girls. <laughs> it's The Bachelor. <laughs> you know, but whatever. Do you... Are you a faithful uh, I do viewer? watch... I watch every, every week, so I am not uh, shitting on anyone. No. Yeah. I... I am and I'm not. <laughs> I can't just like drop right in. I have to like start from the beginning and I'll stick to it. And yeah. Yeah. It's take... I haven't gotten into this season though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like six episodes behind, which means I'm not ever going to watch them. Right. Yeah. But that is why there could never be, a, there, there truly could never be a gay bachelor because it would just go too wildly off the rails. <laughs> it would. <laughs> they wouldn't stop at four. It would be too fun. Yeah. Logo, I think, tried mm-hmm. to do, or Bravo, one of them, yeah. tried to do a, a gay bachelor and it was a mess. Yeah. Because, because you know, every every guy that's willing to do that has a past. <laughs> They're like, oh, well, he was on the cover of, you know, you're like, yeah, of course, yeah, oh, that's of course he was. That's literally what happened. Like, <laughs> literally 30 minutes after they announced who The Bachelor was, they were like, here here he was. He was a call boy. <laughs> they found it immediately. Allegedly. We don't know. But, uh, yeah, it was. it's always like <laughs> yeah. any any. Gay gathering, like, yeah, of course, of course I did that, you know? <laughs> yeah. But that's also, it's true that there are so many people who are like, well, yeah, we can never, like, it's the same people. And their who- kids are watching it. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, you it's won't even, yeah, you know, you're, you're like, you won't even let them watch, you know. Yeah, Will and Grace. Will and Grace, yeah. But The Bachelor, yeah. they're fine. They're they're just wanting to find a wife. Yeah, but he's screwing five girls. <laughs> Every woman is in, like slurring in, her in, words. In four days. <laughs> yeah, and they're all always hammered. Yeah, yeah. So I'm That's... not here to judge. <laughs> <laughs> Famous last words I, on this If show. I could have dated 20 girls, at, no, I would have hated that, but... Uh, well, before we let you go, where can people uh, find you and your work? Well, first off, guys, go to uh, to Netflix if you haven't and watch Sweet and Salty yeah. on there. And then I am starting uh, a whole big national tour. Yes. I'm doing a bunch of theaters for the first time, and it's going really well. We're adding, like, second shows, third shows. Go to my website, fortunebeamster.com slash tour, and uh, see if, if you want to. Come to a show. <laughs> See if I'm coming to a city near you. Yeah, everybody should. Uh, thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me. Happy and, uh, uh, anniversary. <laughs> we'll see you again in two years. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Bye. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad stuff go down easier, starting with the TV shows we've been watching this week. Barry, what you been watching? Well, I started watching The Umbrella Academy, which I had never watched. Do you know that show? I don't even know that show. It's a Netflix show. It's like a superhero show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, it's like uh, what I did not know is that it was created by Gerard Way, the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. (laughs) And I was like, what? He, like, did the comics and then they turned it into a TV show. But, uh, yeah, it was really fun. It was, I mean, the second season's coming out in 2020. Uh, but it was just like a really fun binge. It gets pretty dark, which I did not expect. But yeah, it was like the first season is this like kind of apocalyptic 
prevention plot. So I don't know, maybe glean some hope from that. Um, and it's it's also a mystery. And I was like genuinely interested in like who did it and, and what what's happening and stuff. So it was a fun one. Yeah, I liked it. What about you? What are you watching this week? I watched, I finished McMillions. Nice. Uh, the entire series is now out. So if you've been waiting to watch that documentary series about the whole Monopoly fraud sitch at McDonald's, you can check that out on HBO. I really liked it. Um, I also watched The Outsider on HBO. Oh, too too scary <laughs> for me. I That was one of the only Stephen King books that I've actually read. I don't know why... It, I started with that one because <laughs> it was like a book that he wrote a couple years ago. So it's like, fine, I'll watch the HBO series. It's fine. It was entertaining enough to keep watching. Uh, so those were the two main ones. Nice. What is your non-TV chaser? Well, I've found since working from home, even though I work in podcasting, I don't like listen to podcasts all the time, especially at work because I'm usually editing or I'm like hearing other people talk all day. Mm-hmm. But working from home... I don't hear other people, and I've been listening to a lot more podcasts. So I'm recommending an amazing podcast. It's a special mini series that Radio Lab is doing through the Radio Lab feed. So it's not its own feed. You have to go to Radio Lab to listen to it. But it's called The Other Latif, and it's the producer, Latif Nasser, who's amazing. He went to how many people have my name.com or whatever, where you can find out how many people in America have the same name as you. And he put in his name, Latif Nasser, and it said one or fewer. But then he found out that there is someone who has his name and that person is a detainee in Guantanamo Bay. And it's a story of that Latif Nasser and about how he got there, whether he's innocent or not. It's it's a fascinating, really well reported and also just like beautiful story. It's it, I just like keep wanting to listen to it because I keep wanting to know uh, what what happened with this guy. It's it's so good. It's really good. So I super recommend listening to it. Also, like, even though it's a very serious subject matter, I don't find that I'm, like, horribly, uh, I don't know what I want to say. Basically, like. <laughs> it's making sense. Yeah. Like, Caliphate. <clears throat> do you know that podcast? Uh, I've heard of it. That's another one that's, like, not quite the same, but is similar in the sense that it's, like, talking about, like, jihad stuff. Uh, yeah. And, like, terrorism. It's heavy stuff. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's heavy subject matter. But the way that they present it in the other latif doesn't feel super heavy. So it's easier to digest and not as, like, gut punching. Right. Which I really appreciate. So, and, and is a hard thing to strike. I used to freelance at Radio Lab, and I know latif and he's just amazing. So it's, it's just exciting, and I'm, I'm like, proud of all of that team they really did an amazing job so yeah that that's my chaser this week it's something that is making me happy to listen to but also just like it's such good reporting (laughs) it's so good yeah what about you what's your chaser oh my mine will be dumb in comparison (laughs) i mean my my other chaser was going to be the pasta that i made last (laughs) night so if you want me to talk about that instead uh well i will choose the literal dumbest thing um that made me happy this week which was banana pudding (laughs) (laughs) it is a cliche food item in new york city but the banana pudding from magnolia bakery made famous by sex in the city I love banana pudding. I also love bananas but because I'm a homosexual. Um, <laughs> I I love bananas. I Bananas are probably one of my top five favorite foods. Wow. I love them. I, mean, I have great. probably three bananas a day. Oh, my God. You're a little <laughs> monkey. Uh, because I always put a banana in a smoothie. But and then, then you I, always put one in your butt. Then I, yeah. Some, I take them orally, anally. <laughs> 
penally. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I also love banana pudding. And I was uh, with my friend Arielle yesterday and we postmated. Amazing. It's <laughs> truly the laziest thing you could do uh, banana pudding. But Magnolia has a chocolate. What? Like, yeah, a chocolate one that it's like chocolate pudding and bananas and like chocolate shavings. And I got this, a small one, I but it was can't so good. I believe I didn't know that. Yeah. That banana pud, I love it. <laughs> also, I I do like pointing out that like I still eat a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I feel like people don't. I don't know because I've lost a lot of weight. I think I don't don't want anybody to get the impression that I am like on a diet, right? Because well, I most certainly am not. Like the woman at Disneyland who came up to you and was like, "What are you doing?" And you were like, "Working out." And she was like, "Shut up! No, you're not." <laughs> it's like, what do you think he's doing? Yeah, like I still have, um, I still treat myself often. <laughs> uh, but yeah, listen to an intense podcast and then eat some banana pudding. Anyway, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button and rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai, and you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Oh, bye-bye. Have you washed your hands? Have you washed them really good? Did you scrub under your nails? Did you scrub under your knucks? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>